This is the Parenting for Faith podcast from the Bible Reading Fellowship. Visit parentingforfaith.org for free online videos and resources and an eight-session course all about Parenting for Faith. You can also sign up for news, subscribe to this podcast, and find out about events and training in your area. Hello and welcome to the Parenting for Faith podcast. My name's Anna Hawkin, I'm part of the Parenting for Faith team and I will be your host today. You are listening to episode 10 of season two, and today we're going to be chatting about gadgets and gaming. We're going to hear first from Rachel Turner, the founder of Parenting for Faith, who answers a question someone's written in and said, basically, my kids know way more about social media than I do. I'm supposed to be the one keeping them safe, showing them what to do, but they know more about it than me. Um, I think many of us are in that situation, if we're honest. So Rachel gives a little bit of a response um, and how we might approach that. And then I've added in something from Becky Sedgwick, another member of our team, who's approaching the same question, um, but from a slightly different perspective. She's looking at what we know about God and his love and what that can teach us in how we disciple our children, who are probably digital natives when we're digital immigrants. Um, But actually, what are the principles that we can share with them, even if we don't know loads about the technology? So that's who we'll hear from second. And then finally today, we're going to be hearing from Ben Jones, who is the founding director of Missional Generation. And he's going to be talking about gaming and the kind of spiritual conversations that can come out of that. Now, this was recorded last summer. So he and Rachel referenced something about new wine that has happened, but they're still doing lots of things. But I just thought I'd mention that so it didn't throw you off. I almost edited it out, but it's actually really interesting. So I've kept that in there. As usual, we would absolutely love you to take a moment to rate, review and subscribe this podcast if you find it helpful. Send it to a friend um, or sign up to be a friend of Parenting for Faith, which uh, anything from £2 a month makes a massive difference to us being able to provide these resources freely. And we really, really want your questions, guys. We are preparing season three of the podcast and we kept in the Q&A section because we love hearing your questions. We love responding to what your needs are and what you're thinking about. But we need more questions. So uh, go onto our website and press contact us, contact us on social media or email parentingforfaith at brf.org.uk. Can't wait to hear what you send in. But let's start off with this question that was sent in and see how Rachel answers it. In the questions section this week, we had a question come through about social media. If you have a question that you'd like me to attempt to answer in my way, please feel free to come through the contact us part of the webpage or email us directly. We'd love to hear from you and I'll take a swing at it. Today's question is, my kids are 8, 10 and 13 and even my youngest knows more about social media than I do. I want to guide them and show them how to be wise and keep them out of danger, but I can't see how to do that. Social media can be very scary. There's so much out there and it keeps changing. The first question, well, I think there's a series of questions to ask ourselves when it comes to trying to get our brains around social media. The first question is, am I ready? Often our first question we think should be, is my child ready? But I I think some of the question is, am I ready? And think through getting skilled up. You do not have to be super savvy, but you do have to know enough to coach your kid through it. It's okay to put on pause your kid's engagement with social media until you feel ready to keep them safe. Care for the Family has a book and an event called Left to Their Own Devices, Confident Parenting in a World of Screens, or grab a youth pastor or older teen and young or young adult and take them out to a meal and 
ask them to talk you through everything that's on their phone. I've done that multiple times. <laughs> I just said, okay, open your phone, show me what is that thing and what does it do? And what are the dangers? And they can talk you through it. The second question to ask yourself is, is my kid ready? And as with all things in parenting, just because other kids are using it doesn't mean you have to let your kid do it on any timeline. You get to choose what they engage with and when. Social media is a warped reality. It can remove responsibility and interpersonal relationships. It creates unrealistic worlds and standards. It opens your kid up to judgment and manipulation and opens up to for them doing that to others, which is horrifying, as well as opening them up to predators. So asking, is my kid ready? And at what level is really important. When kids learn how to swim, we don't just throw them in the deep end. When we think that they're ready to stay home alone, we don't just leave for 24 hours. We teach our kids, we tiptoe in, we skill them up and coach them in it. We give them boundaries and enforce them. The same thing applies to digital stuff. How is our kid in dealing with other people's opinions and judgments, rudeness or opinions? How do they stand up for others? How well do they understand safety in manipulation? Or do they understand what to do when they see something that you don't want them to see or if they see something going wrong for other people? If you think they're ready for the next step, for the first step, and you feel that you know enough to start, then great. If you think they aren't ready yet, then it's okay to say no or to restrict their access as you proactively train them in the skills. You are their parent. You are the expert in how your kid is, how their heart works, and how their character is developing. Learning about social media is just information that you can acquire. Parenting your kids through the social media minefield draws mostly on your knowledge about your kids and in giving them skills and safety to navigate something new. So once you know enough about this new realm, you can use your already good parenting to apply to this new area. I think the problem is, if I start by thinking, what do I know about social media? Very little. Oh, it's it's changing all the time. I don't think I can be very useful at all. But I think we can always go back to the essence of who we are as Christians, which is about God's love. And I think there are three things about God's love that can really help us when we're um, helping our kids navigate the world of social media. So the first thing is that God's love for us is unconditional, never ending, and so, so generous. And in everything we do, God wants us to to do things in a way that's good for us. He wants when we play football, when we watch the television, when we go shopping, when we chat with our friends, when we go out for a night out, he always wants us to do it in a way that's good for us because he's our loving parent. He doesn't want to see us hurt or damaged. So if we start with that, the first thing we can we can help our kids understand is that when we engage with social media, we want to do it in a way that is good and healthy for us. So a few ideas that might give you some some ways to think about doing this with your kids. Frame your own use of social media so they understand what prompts you to make decisions about social media that's healthy for you. What sites do you no longer visit? Um, How do you choose what to post and what to share? Um, Have you ever kind of had to chat to God about whether this is a good thing or a bad thing to engage with? Have you ever taken a social media fast? And then ask your kid questions and start conversations. Why, why do you think people follow social media crazes? 
Mm, I'm not sure I'd like a picture like that of me online. What do you think? Oh, this app has a 13-age restriction on it. Why do you think that's it? Engage them in conversation to help them see that your interest in them using social media is to help them do it in a way that's good for them. And equip your kids to think critically about what they see. Suggest they might ask, is this something God would want me to see, hear, feel or do? That's really helpful. Just as a little check and balance, even for me, is this something God would want me to read or see? And then lastly, um, I find that Philippians 4.8 is quite helpful as a standard to hold things up to. Um, It says, finally, brothers and sisters, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is right, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is admirable. If anything is excellent or praiseworthy, think about such things. Again, just a a, a kind of a a self-check process. So the second thing about God's love is that he wants us to partner with him in sharing his love with others. So that applies to social media as well. There's lots of ways in which we can use social media um, in a way that actually shares God's love. So again, chat to your kids about this. You might wonder, what does loving my neighbour look like on social media? If I post a comment, does it build somebody up or does it knock them down? If I like or share something, is that going to love them like I would like to be loved? Also, could you as a family deliberately set out to use social media as a way of sharing God's love by choosing which campaigns to share or reposting a particular um, post that somebody else has has put up that just is a good way of, of being positive around other people? Could you use it to raise issues that need to be addressed? And the third thing is about God's love is that God's love for us is a safe refuge when the world becomes a hard place. And we all know, we've just seen it recently with the footballers, that social media can be a very hard and unkind place where you can be dreadfully exposed to cruel comments and haunted by comparison. It's it's not always a great place to be. And our kids know that better than we do sometimes. What we can share with our kids is that God's love is the place where you can be reminded about where you really are. You're beloved and valued children of the king. And he's also a place where you can find strength to face whatever your emotions are about how you're feeling and your own fears and insecurities. So some suggestions to help with that. You can chat about bits of the Bible which show us how to find refuge in God when the world seems against us. We've got stories like Elijah who who, who retreated into depression after his mighty conquering of the prophets of Baal and he suddenly goes into this kind of 40 days of depression where he hides and says I'm worthless I just want to die and then he met God in the quietness. You've got the story of Mordecai and the Jewish nation in the book of Esther and Jeremiah complaining after being put in the stocks and even Jesus at his trial and crucifixion, you know, look at those stories and what helps those people when everything seems against them. And you can share your own stories about experiences of being embarrassed or humiliated. How did you feel? What did you do? What was God doing? What helped you get through it? So your children see that this is a necessary but nasty side of life. But, you know, we can get through it and God's there to help us with it. And you can also help your child connect with God 
through that in session seven of our free parenting faith course there's a session the session's called um prayer ministry with children and basically it's a way of helping kids connect with god when things are really tough and sometimes our kids come off social media and it's been a really tough place and they may need that little bit of help about how to connect with god so that's it really my reflections on how to coach your kid through or disciple your kid about social media when you know very little about it compared to them so it's three things really all based in god's love the first thing is that his love is unconditional never ending and he wants us to uh, use social media in a way that's good for us the second thing is that he wants us always to partner with him in sharing his love with others and social media can be a really great place to do that and the third thing is that his love is always a safe refuge when things become hard and the world of social media can sometimes be a very hard place and we can help our kids learn how to access his love and his comfort and his peace when that happens Today we're talking about video games and computers and all sorts of stuff and how that ties into faith and how we as parents can help that at home. I am here with my friend Ben Jones. Ben, can you introduce yourself? Tell us about you. Hi, I'm Ben. I'm the founding director of Missional Generation. I'm a father of two and I'm married to Hannah and I've got two kids of I, Chris and Lizzie. And I'm really excited about the idea of gaming because I think it opens up deep conversations with young people. So it's great to hang out with you guys. And thank you, Rachel, for letting me uh, share my little worlds of wisdom. <laughs> well, as we were we were just talking about what you're doing for New Wine, because I think sometimes when we say video games, then we instantly go to, what are the video games my kids can play? And it becomes something small. But you've been developing something for New Wine. I wasn't planning on talking about this, but you got me excited about it. So I want to hear about this. Um, in taking something that is video game like in gaming and turning it into pretty much a, a spiritual experience, a way of exploring mm. scripture. Can you tell us briefly sort of what you're creating for New Wine? Yeah. So obviously last year and obviously this summer, uh, New Wine had to do the bold decision to move online. And, uh, and the idea was is that we wanted to support them into creating something that can be around the home at a time in the day where they can explore, where parents and children and teenagers and their younger sisters and brothers can explore something of a narrative of a story in a digital experience. And, uh, and so we're creating the children's ministry app for the new wine. It's called the Little Family AR, and it is augmented reality. But don't worry if your phone doesn't have augmented reality because we've built into the infrastructure the phone will recognize whether you've got an AR phone or a non-AR phone and you can play the games in normal style. Or if it is AR, you can physically walk around the story of Moses. You can physically see the burning bush. You can physically see all the plagues that are going on around you. And you can explore the narrative of what it means for, for God to call Moses to bring young uh, the, the Israelites out of exile into the land promised. And we're actually creating these over five days there's six games over five days and it's falling in line with the new wine experience and we're really excited about how this will open up the story of moses because you can walk where moses walked it's so it's so it's hard for me to imagine and uh, ben was showing me some screenshots and they're absolutely beautiful uh, and i'm intrigued by of all the things that you could do online it's so easy to just go oh we'll make videos to watch with your kids why did you feel it's important to make a gaming experience like what, what does that spiritually offer families and children that is different than just a straight up video to watch 
Yeah, so um, the, the, t- the traditional way is to use a video and you switch off, you watch this video and then you have the conversations. But actually what we've got right now is a generation, both children and young people who are immersed in screens. And what we want to do is bring the story alive. So we're utilizing the screens and enabling them to uh, explore and navigate and interact with information. Uh, Gen Z and Alpha Gen, they're the ones below Gen Z, they want to have a digital playing field to play around in. They want to have the freedom to navigate and explore and come to their own conclusion of information. And so why can't we create that space using the smartphones, uh, enabling that immersive experience? Because not everyone has got the latest uh, Oculus Quest or equivalent or virtual reality. They're thousands of lots of money. A smart device can do this as well. And so we're encouraging churches to utilize screen to open up conversation that leads to transformation. Because we believe as you have a conversation with a young person that goes through the narrative of what they've explored, recognizing the experience that they've just gone through and knowing what the emotions have come up and how looking at what those emotions mean, what does that information mean, lends it really well to helping young persons come to a holistic understanding of what the word of God is trying to say. How do you get access to this new wine stuff? Is it free? Is doing? Is that part of a subscription thing? How do you get access? Yeah, it's completely free. Uh, new wine is obviously going online at the end of July, beginning of August. And uh, if you go to their website, uh, you can also explore the kids stuff uh, as well. And in there, there is a whole load of stuff about what's happening both online through the kids stream stuff, but also in uh, in tandem with the kids stream is the is the mobile phone app. Because what we found is there's a lot of churches still doing online stuff there's a lot of churches trying to meet up in person but there isn't something that's a bridge between the two and what we're seeing is the app is providing a bridge between the two from the hybrid option which is online and offline and it means that no young person no child is being left out from an experience whether they're physically at the church or whether logging online they all have the common place of experience, which is the smartphone, because they all have access to a smartphone. So not one child is going to be missing out on this experience. New Wine's done brilliant. The team has done awesome. And we're just adding a little bit of digital flavor. That sounds really like, exciting. Well, like the digital pixies. If you Excellent. Excellent. I think you should rebrand <laughs> to just be the digital pixies. I think there's, there's a whole merch around that that I think would be excellent. That's great. <laughs> After this sort of experience, you know, it sounds amazing, but it's, you know, one story of scripture. But our kids are involved in so much gaming and so much online. And I think parents often have a wariness about it um, in terms of, of engagement online. And a Parenting for Faith, we try to not get sucked into all types of parenting, but we really try to hone in on the spiritual parenting. And we were at a conference together and you were talking about sort of the spiritual opportunities that gaming provides. And I was just intrigued. Could you talk a little bit about it, uh, about you know how yeah. we as parents can facilitate this and take the gaming that they're already doing and, and introduce conversations? Teach me about this. The Royal College of Psychiatrists has said there's some there's some statistics and some stats that three to four year olds spend on average six hours of online gaming, five to seven year olds spend average of seven point five hours, eight to eleven spend ten hours, and then twelve to fifteen year olds spend twelve hours or more. This was before COVID took place. Is that so, a, per week? Per week, thank you. Yeah, per week. 
And that's a huge amount of hours consuming in that environment. And there's two questions here to ask is, are those hours for the children, young people playing in isolation? And if they are, we don't know what they're engaging with, who they're engaging with, how they're interacting with people. What's the other side of the information that we're not hearing because it's not coming out of our son and daughter's mouth? And the other question is, what are the opportunities for us to use gamification to lead to conversation? And, um, and so as a charity, we tapped into the idea of using augmented reality and virtual reality before COVID took place. And we would be using um, um, gaming consults from the smart device phone to the Oculus Quest and using games to unpack conversations about life, uh, personal, local and global concerns in our lives, uh, emotional well-being, the excitement of uh, adventure and competing with one another, even down to the point of view of emotional well-being. So we would play Mario Karts with them and talk about the life crashes and being on competition with each other and you know, Spider-Man looking at where great power comes, great responsibility and looking at what is our power at work in us? What's our responsibility? Not just the context of Christianity, but the, what it means to be a good person in our society. What does it mean to stand and help the environment? And so there are games that you can hook information onto, but we need to explore these games. We need to understand them. Um, I remember when, my, um, when uh, the Fortnite came out, and it hit all the youth groups and youth leaders and children's workers and parents were panicking about this idea of this new game. What is it? And actually, the idea is, is that we need to explore and understand what these are, what these games are. So going back to those three things, um, narrative, experience and emotion. We need to know uh, the understanding of the narrative that they're hearing. What are they gauging from this game? What are they seeing in terms of their experience and how does that make them feel because if we don't understand those three things, we can't then learn to ask them the question, well, is this healthy for you? Are you feeling uncomfortable about this? And, and what does this mean for you when you hear that? Are you reacting negatively against that? We heard over the, uh, the news that uh, during the lockdown, um, a lot of teenagers were hearing and children were hearing really un unkind things through um, online gaming. And a lot of aggressive, a lot of anguish, a lot of um, uh, hurtful comments were coming across. Mm. And, uh, and, and actually, that made me think, um, are we just saying to our children, hey, go, go and play that. That's fine. You're in my house, so I know you're safe. Mm. But actually, they're not safe because we're not hearing the other side of the story. So isolation doesn't help when it comes to game, which is why my son and I, we've worked out a little bit of a kind of C and D time. Uh, so Christopher and daddy time to try and work out how we can play these games and explore these games. And uh, for instance, Minecraft became a big thing for him. And so we looked at the idea of mindful building, we looked at the idea of connecting up thoughts and ideas and, and, and looking at scripture and maybe even playing around with that together and building stuff together, which then became my playing field for when we ran these in youth groups uh, across the city around lockdown. We then started to host these games for churches children's and youth leaders would invite us in as a charity to facilitate this for them online because they didn't know how to use Minecraft or where to start to get it all safe. We made it safe and hosted the environment and they then introduced their young people in. And, and we were working with four churches now regularly, uh, helping them to do Minecraft discipleship, um, which is great. Uh, so I think there is a huge opportunity to understand conversation 
that can come through these experiences. So I'm hearing you say one, play the games either on your own or with your kids to be able to have those conversations. Is, is that a sit down and show me what Fortnite looks like? Or if you're finding your kids playing things and you really think, I don't know, would you advocate that I play it myself and then have a conversation going, hey, I was playing around with that the other day and I was reflecting on this. Or are you mm-hmm. saying to join them in the game? So then to be able to pause and, and introduce those conversations. Yeah, so journey narrative is really important. Understanding what it is and why it is they want to be part of that. And actually going and exploring that and playing that yourself And then understanding when they say, I want to do Fortnite, I want to play Minecraft, I want to play Call of Duty, I want to play whatever the latest game of interest is. You can actually go, so so are you okay with the idea of um, fighting zombies? Are you okay with the idea of shooting people? Are you okay with the idea of blowing things up, but actually not seeing any gut and blurry blood and everything, but you're happy that you're knowing that you're building a a kind of gun or fighting against somebody. And when you start to, understand the context of what they're wanting to play in you can then ask them to self-reflect for themselves so going back to my experience game consulting when i was a kid parents said no there was no conversation in that with my son it's well why do you want to play minecraft at lunchtime why do you want to play marvel comic uh, game at lunchtime well because they're all playing these characters i don't know who they are and i don't know what powers they've got okay well then maybe instead of you playing the game should we watch and investigate or should we research what are the different powers so at the moment my son's not playing marvel comic because he doesn't want to play it but he will happily sit with me and watch the marvel comic series on tv which is the children's lego version just to let you know not the actual main marvel comic um videos um and there, and so we're trying to understand the narrative role play of the game so that my son doesn't feel left out yeah. we're also then giving him the chance to decide when he wants to play it and we're giving him the ownership to make those clear boundary lines and that helps for us. So understanding the narrative is really important and exploring that with the child helps them to understand that they can make the self-reflection decisions on whether they think it's right or not. That's fab. Uh, we're running out of time, but you said the word mindful building and that intrigued me. So I want to know about this. You're talking about Minecraft and mindful building and, and creating narrative and stories. Is that how do I as a parent, I have a kid who loves Minecraft. What is mindful building and how do I help him with that? Yeah. So Minecraft is always that you've stepped into their realm. That's their realm. That's where they are. And you're enabling them to build something together, whether that's a project towards something or whether that's a con building that they can then reflect and describe what that is. Self-reflection on a third person or a third object, not themselves, is enabling them to talk through their feelings and their emotions. So they can build something that articulates an issue that's in their life, but they're not saying, this is my issue. You could go, this is what I've built. And I think this is a problem for some people in their world or whatever. And so you're, you're, you're changing the, the camera angle, not on themselves, but on an object or a context or a thing that then allows them to discuss openly about that without it becoming a threat or an uncomfortable conversation for them to have. They might then say, I feel this about that. But that able to start that conversation off is really helpful. So mindful building over lockdown was huge. And then we looked at um, doing various Bible stories and opportunities to discuss that uh, uh, around the stories they were building as well, which gave them the chance to reflect on that story. If, if the listeners want to know more, um, what resources are out there? What books should they get? What, what things are out there through you? P- point us to some ways to take the next steps. 
Yeah, so I'm actually intentionally following a number of people who are talking about things. Um, so there is uh, Premier Digital Radio are trying to look at the whole kind of hybrid church. And I think they're going to probably, I hope, move into the whole kind of understanding of the youth element in that. Um, also, um, uh, Faith Tech, which is a huge thing, which I've been enjoying listening and hearing how other people are using Faith Tech uh, and Bible and, and faith and technology across the world. Um, but also I've been, de been deliberately looking in the secular world about conferences online, tech conferences, and sitting at those tables and trying to understand what is out there because it's going to hit our children, young people before it hits our church leadership to then learn out how we can put it into a practice. So that's been really healthy to do that as well. And this is loads of podcasts that are talking about technology right now, particularly coming out of COVID. Um, and uh, and so uh, if you wanted to see and experience something, check out the new wine stuff as well. Check out the new wine parenting stuff that's going to be in the app as well. And uh, and if you want to follow us on Twitter, uh, we're always trying about new innovation things, um, you know, looking at all sorts of things in the future. Uh, so you can follow us on, on Twitter or on uh, Instagram. Just type in Missional Generation and that'll be great. Um, yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much for uh, all you've said, I'm excited. <laughs> I'm gonna go do some research now. Uh, thank you for sharing all your wisdom and uh, no hopefully we'll hear from you more. God bless. And a question to ask your kid to start an interesting conversation. If Jesus could play an online game with you, what would it be and why? Have a great conversation. We'll see you next week for the last episode in this season, which is a special Easter one talking about sin, saying sorry and forgiveness. Bye. Thank you for downloading the Parenting for Faith podcast. A new episode will be released next week. And why not look at parentingforfaith.org to watch the free eight-session course, to get in touch, or to find out about training and events near you.